0: Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Now, from Happy Valley, here's your host, Brian
1: Tripp. And we welcome you into another episode of Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Brian Trip joined today by Penn State Basketball Associate Head Coach Keith Urgo. And Keith, really appreciate the time. I hope you and your family are doing well and staying safe throughout the COVID-19 virus and its national and global life-altering impacts. Really, really appreciate the time.
0: Oh, We are. Thank you so much for having us. And, and likewise, Brian, and I just want to quickly say thank you to all the healthcare work, workers, the, the uh the people on the front lines, we're so grateful each and every day, uh, for those folks and everybody in the community that's rallying and doing their part to kinda just do do what we can as a society to try to slow this thing down so we can once again get back to get back to school, get back to campus and get back to plants plants and hoops.
1: Well, your basketball team was certainly impacted by this, and that was very well said. And I think through over the last couple of months, the story of the team and how everything transpired has been told. But the one thing, Keith, that's really impressed me, and whether it's from just watching the team in mid-March and the way they handled the experience, or even over the last few weeks, is their maturity. How proud are you of the way your team, in such a difficult situation, handled themselves and handled such a traumatic ending to what was such a promising season?
0: Yeah, you know what, That's, that. it's a testament to, to Coach Chambers, our staff over the years, and, and it's a testament to the kids that we've been able to bring in the last several years and their parents and their families. I mean, the maturity level of our guys um, and the professionalism. All these guys are looking to, to become professionals in some respect, re- very well-rounded uh, young men. and And as a result, they understood the big picture. Yes, what we've done and what we've worked so hard to get to um, was taken away from us pretty quickly, but I think after the dust settled, all these guys understood this is a serious situation, a global, a global situation, and we want best, we want what's best for everybody. And I think a lot of the guys, unfortunately not for the seniors, but a lot of the guys um, understand that this isn't the last run for them. They're so confident, and they believe this wasn't just a one-off. They believe that the future is very, very bright for Penn State. So we're going to use this experience, and we're going to somehow model it up and use it as a positive, and we're going to move forward in that direction. Um, very, very impressive young men. and It shows the development and the leadership of our older guys, guys like Lamar and John Harar with the younger guys. And um, It's definitely a different situation when you got upperclassmen and mature individuals in your program.
1: And the reason I bring that up, because that really speaks to Look, you're trying to develop a winning basketball culture and go to NCAA tournament games. But that speaks to the culture of the program you've been able to develop first and foremost. And if you don't have that, you can't get to that second stage.
0: No, no. And and it's taken years and years and years. And I mentioned it to you offline, but, you know, a guy like Lamar Stevens came in as a freshman. And no disrespect to the folks that were in front of him, but he was just so much more talented in his own car. So they stepped on the floor and they played right away as freshmen a major minutes. Whereas a guy like Seth Lundy was a freshman at Roman Catholic under Lamar Stevens as a senior. He followed in their footsteps as they won a Catholic league championship and state championship. The difference now is he comes into Penn state and got Lamar as a senior, whereas Lamar didn't have that. You know, Lamar has been through three to four years and now he's legitimately a professional and he's treating every day. His called a routine of greatness. There was no better routine of greatness than Lamar's. He 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 was, incredibly dedicated, and that allows a young guy like Seth Lundy to come in and not only watch Lamar, but try to follow in his footsteps. And then it just trickles down. Um, and as you're aware, I mean, a culture is everything. And now we feel like our culture, though it has taken a long time to get it to this, this level, we feel like now our players are holding each other accountable and it's no longer coming from the coaches. And as a result, you see the product we put on the floor.
1: What makes Lamar such a special individual and the impact he's had?
0: Well, uh, he's just a—he's obviously got a tremendous family, and Lou and Kim Stevens, they're wonderful parents. He's got a great brother and sister, a brother who was a, a football player, so they had been through college athletics. They understood uh, what it takes and the development and and the, the professionalism needed to get it to the, the the highest level. I mean, and what makes him so good is he embraced everything that the Penn State community had. It wasn't just about basketball. I mean, he loves being a part of Penn State University Park the community, um, you know, and we talk a lot about that. You mentioned the majority of our guys. And, and really, we, we talk about being a complete human being, being a man first, be a man for others first, and then basketball will take care of itself. And Lamar embodies that. He absolutely 100% embodies that. As a junior, you can start to see it late in the season. He started to understand each and every day what it's going to take to be a big-time basketball player, and if your mind is clear because you're taking care of your academics, you're being who you need to be in the community, well, then basketball, you can truly focus on what the task at hand is, and you're not clouded and really with a a clear mind and focused mind because you're taking care of all the things off the court. Now when you're on the court, you're ready to play at all times, and I think that's what Lamar learned late, midway through junior year, and he started to see the development, not only with him but our team and certainly this year. (laughs) Look, he was the face of our program and in some respects the face of Penn State University for the last, you know, for February and March, obviously after football season. And, and he handled it with class and grace and just how a Penn Stater wants to be handling it. So he's, uh, I can't say enough about him. Obviously, you know, and we talked about the special relationship he has with my daughter, Samantha. So I'm just, you know, I'm incredibly grateful for his maturity, his leadership, and obviously his legacy. Uh will be one that you know we remember forever at Penn State.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to circle back to that, Coach, as well. And I've heard you describe Lamar as part of your family before, but you've been with Coach Chambers from day one and before day one at Penn State. When you're going yeah. through this, and you guys certainly have had some impact players and some guys that were starting to shift the perception of the program along the, along the way, whether it's DJ Newbill or Shep Gardner or Josh Reeves. But when you're recruiting, you realize what type of transcendent type of player he could be, the type of player that elevates a basketball program, not only as an on-court star, but someone who can become almost the face of a program or the identity of a basketball program?
0: Well, you know, we started to, you know, in our earlier years, we had to just try to do the best we could possibly do in recruiting bring as many players that we felt like we could that, that could play and compete. I'm not going to say we had to take what we get because we love every single one of those guys, but things had to happen quickly. We got the job in late June. I started a week after Coach Chambers accepted the position. Obviously, three or four months in circumstances took place, which kind of set us back in recruiting uh, an additional probably eight to 12 months uh, at the very least. And as a result, we needed to just kind of piece together a competitive team. And then we started to establish ourselves and we started to understand in recruiting what we really wanted as far as uh, a culture. And we vetted every single kid, every single family, um, and we really started to take a look at not just the kid itself, but his school, his background, his coaches, Um, and that, you know, it's kind of like a professional manner. I mean, when you talk about NBA teams, they investigate these kids back to... To, to freshman year, sometimes in eighth grade. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's really important to look at every aspect of their lives, how they're doing in the community at home, how they're doing in school, what are their parents like, what are their brothers and sisters like, what kind of schools have they go to, And as a result, these last few years, we've had the chance to really take the players that we spent a number of years developing relationships with instead of just a month or two months. That makes sense. And as a result, we developed relationships over a year to two years. And those relationships with Tony Carr and Lamar Stevens, Nazir Bostic, they dated back from when Shep Garner was a junior at Roman Catholic. So we had developed relationships for three to four years with those guys before they had ever come to Penn State. So we essentially felt like they were already in our program for at least two years prior to ever stepping foot on campus. And I really think that's the difference. We've been smart and gotten out front develop relationships with kids as sophomores in in high school. And, you know, by the time they get to campus, we know everything about them and their family for the last two years and feel like they've already been a part of our Penn State family for a good portion of time. So that's been the difference.
1: And then there's the fact that not only are you investing in Philadelphia, you're seeing that return on the investment to Philadelphia, where players from that region and coaches from that region can see the success that you've had What type of impact has that made in the inroads? What doors has that opened up for the program?
0: It means everything. Obviously, in-state is, is, you know, unfortunately, the state of Pennsylvania and and cities like Pittsburgh, cities like Philadelphia, they got tremendous high school basketball and a lot of of high-level players. So um, it makes it uh, easier. But, I mean, Penn State speaks for itself. I mean, Penn State's alumni base is so strong. Obviously, it spreads far and wide, but particularly in state, there's so many connections. Penn State is a school the kids dream of going to, you know, and, and, um, you know, you hear Coach Franklin from football when he came in, we got to dominate the state. And he was correct. And we felt that way, too. And that's where our relationships are. I mean, Coach Chambers is from Philadelphia. You know, obviously, we worked together in Villanova for almost five years Um, so while we worked together for two years, but he was there for about five, I was there for about five, you know, we developed strong roots in Philadelphia and we knew if you could recruit kids out of the Northeast, particularly Philadelphia, DC, New Jersey, and you brought those kids in with their toughness and their mentality, you can compete at the highest level in the big 10. So we made a strong push and used our relationships high school relationships and AAU relationships. And we knew if we could bring kids in from that area, that ultimately, you know, their toughness, their physicality, and uh, and their IQs because there's tremendous coaches on the high school and AAU levels in the Philadelphia area um, and the Pennsylvania, and throughout Pennsylvania that, that we were going to be, be, be able to be successful. So we, we targeted that area immediately coming from Villanova and him coming from Boston University.
1: One thing that really impressed me throughout the course of this season, this kind of ties it all together. When you go and play at the Palestra and you've played there before, and the atmosphere has always been terrific. To see the community embrace the team that way, and I think we really saw it this year at the Bryce Jordan Center too, and over the last couple of years, but really this year with the performance of the team and getting a top 10 ranking, to see the community embrace the team that way, there has been a, a thirst. There's a hunger for Penn State basketball to be successful. The community, the way that they attached to this team this year, that was so, so special in my opinion.
0: Yeah, well, i got to give a lot of credit. We have to give a lot of credit not only to our players and in basketball games and playing a style that's very exciting to watch, Um, but also guys like Rose Carter, our our sports information director, and specifically P.J. Mullen and his staff, our marketing director. I I personally think, and and those those of you who have been into Beaver Stadium and know it's the number one college football environment in the country, well, he's at the forefront of that. You obviously, Brian, know him well. He is – one of the brightest young men and young minds in all of college sports. And as a result, he's helped create an environment along with us in the Bryce Jordan center. That's exciting to be a part of. And it's, it's a, it's an event. It's not just a basketball game. It's become an event. And the energy and the enthusiasm that's brought to our team and our players when you step on that floor and the student sections packed and it's a white out. I mean, it's intimidating. It's very loud. And You go anywhere in the Big Ten. There's a reason why it's led the attendance for the last 40 years or something crazy like that. Everywhere you go in the Big Ten, it's sold out and deafening, where you can't hear yourself breathe during timeouts. And now, finally, we've had that home court advantage the last year or two or three, and you can see our home court uh, records is staggering, Mm -hmm. both in the non-conference and in conference. I mean, it makes a big difference. And I also believe that it's 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 Coach Chambers and his ability to get out into the community and be so welcoming and have our own, our guys. We talk a lot about community service. We talk a lot about the college experience and being a part of an incredible college athletic town, like Penn state and state college. So getting our guys out into the community, developing relationships and being active in the community. Well, you start to, you know, people start to really generate to that and they want to come support you when you support them. And that's been a strong push starting from the top of Pat Chambers through the marketing and obviously our guys being engaged and loving to do it. And as a result, you see you see our, our arena uh, being packed and energetic and a lot of fun to be a part of our games.
1: When you get to a moment, like whether it's Maryland in rushing the floor or the weekend game in the whiteout against Minnesota, is there ever a moment... Either during or after the game, where you and Coach Chambers and the staff step back and say, you know what? This is what we envisioned. This is, we've kind of gotten to where we want to be. This is what we knew could happen at Penn State.
0: Oh, absolutely. There is no question. I mean, it really started in that NIT run, and we thought we were one of the best teams in the nation by the end of the season. By the time we were playing at Madison Square Garden, we felt like there was nobody in the country that was a better basketball team than us. We felt like we were an NCAA tournament team. We felt like we got snubbed. We had a chip on our shoulder. shoulder. But that year, we started to see the fruits of our labor uh, in the Big Ten, and you could see the arena starting to get packed in the whiteouts and, you know, the upsets. And, latent, you know, it's always good to have games late in the season be very impactful and people want to come see Those games. So it was about three years ago where we really started to see that. Now you know we we know we rushed the court in December uh, when we beat Maryland, and we love that. The energy is tremendous. But quite honestly, that's expected from us at this point. We've beaten Maryland. We've split or beaten Maryland. You know, almost every year we've been here. So we expect to beat those teams, and I think that's the big difference. You know, going into Michigan State this year and beating Michigan State at Michigan State, we no longer. Are like okay. We got to hold it close and under. If we can get to, if we can keep it to a single digit game under four minutes, maybe we can, you know, make a run. Something can happen and we can upset someone. No, no, no. We expect to be winning and the other team to come in and say, look, we got to keep it close and hope for the best on the road under four minutes. That's no longer the mentality at Penn State. We believe we're better than almost everybody we go in against, especially at home. We feel like we're the team that people got to come in and try to hold with. And I think that's a huge shift in mentality and the reason why we feel so good about the future.
1: And you already touched on the community aspect of it. And I think a lot of people listening to this know I announce Penn State hockey games. When I interview Guy gadowski the hockey head coach, he says it takes a village to make a hockey valley. And that's really the, the case with your program too. No, Having no. the community investment in it has been so, so important to take that next step as well.
0: Oh, there's absolutely no question. And first of all, you know, congratulations to coach can and him Fisher, all, of, all of the hockey program, those young men, unbelievable year. They were poised to make uh, a tremendous run. And I know, obviously you're a part of that. You do such a fantastic job. I love listening to you on the radio, call those games. I think it's the hardest sport to call actually live. It's so fast and exciting. So you do a tremendous job, but you know, kudos to them, but he's, he's dead right. He's dead right. Um, it, it's, You have to have the support of the community, and that's why State College and Penn State is such a special place. It's a college town, and they love their athletics. And as a result, it's a thing to do. And when you make it an event, everybody wants to be a part of it. Um, It's a really, really special place. And that's why, you know, you just saw recently um, we used it in a recruiting pitch, and, and it really wasn't a pitch because just recently in one of the magazines, it was voted safest and best college small town in America. And and there's a reason because of the community and because of the, the involvement. It just seems like there's something going on every day, something to do, and people are excited to be a part of it. It makes a world of difference. And honestly, guys want to play in an environment like that. They see it when they come up. They feel it when they come up on their visits. I mean, it's remarkable.
1: And you've experienced that firsthand. What a better place to have and build An ever-expanding and growing family, firsthand, away from basketball, for you.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I have an eight-year, I have four children, eight, six, four, and uh, five months, and you know, things like, uh, and this is really bright, smart, innovative ideas by our marketing department at PJ Mullen, but things like this year, with everyone, is awesome day. Mm -hmm. you know and you might have touched on that or we're going to but everyone is awesome day and obviously my four-year-old my third child samantha rose was born with down syndrome i also have a goddaughter and a niece who's six years old uh emma with down syndrome so you know it was a very very special day and event for us and i think it'll be to to me it was the best day we had all year and i think a lot of people felt that way the energy was incredible um Guys like Lamar Stevens, obviously Lamar's climb was a part of that, that book, the illustration book. And my, my daughter was a part of the book as well. So it was just an incredible experience for us. But, you know, my kids absolutely love being a part of the Penn State community and being a part of Penn State athletics. And, you know, um, it's just, everybody seems to be reaching out and lending a hand at all times. And um, everyone is awesome day is a day that my family certainly will never forget. And, uh, as a result the relationship that my daughter has, has formed with a guy like Lamar Stevens is something really special and we certainly don't take it for granted. We're going to miss him a lot.
1: With your family connection, can you describe your reaction when you first heard about everyone is awesome day and then not only to have the basketball team and someone like Lamar being a part of it, but taking charge and setting an example and being leaders in the community and being leaders on that front?
0: You know what? I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. I wonder where this is going to go. You know, they mentioned the book, Lamar's Climb, several months earlier. I was like, that'd be pretty cool. I wonder if it'll ever come to fruition. And then, you know, obviously I had no idea the amount of involvement and the amount of um, volunteers and individuals that would uh, not only be a part of it, but take such great pride in it. I mean, it changes lives. It changed lives. It was so impactful to so many kids, but people don't understand it's so impactful to the parents of yeah. those children that involved, um, And it's, it's a really emotional um, situation for the parents to see their kids with smiles on their face from ear to ear just the entire time, the excitement. And it's always nice when you're playing a good opponent and come out with a victory as well. And uh, it just generated so much buzz. Um, and really it showcased you know Lamar off the court as well as the Penn State community. The Penn State community is one of the finest in the nation when it comes to, to care and therapy with children with special needs, programs like LifeLink. I mean, Penn State University is at the forefront of therapy and care, and just uh, it's a truly special place. And, you know, I believe and my wife believes everything happens for a reason. I believe that, you know, we were in state college for a period of time during our uh, our, daughter's, um, our daughter's life. For a reason, and her being a part of such an incredible community and, uh, and having the care and the therapy that Penn State University uh, provides and, uh, and the community at large. And, and you saw it in full effect on that day, particularly, and everybody rally around and understand that uh, there's a lot of things bigger than basketball. And uh, it's making it clear even more so right now during this tough time.
1: That's awesome to hear, and it's such an interesting perspective because you see both sides of it, not only the basketball portion, but what life is like at home as a parent. And how's homeschooling going during this? And I, I know it's kind of off topic, but how's, how's homeschooling?
0: Hi, how I, you man? I thought, I thought starting a program developing a culture in the locker room was difficult. This is a new culture we're trying to uh, – to to stick with here at the at the Ergo House and with four kids, three of which that actually have legitimate work each and every day, I mean, if you want to talk about testing patience, my wife is a saint. Thank God. Um, and we can, we talk about having a routine of greatness, and we've implemented that into our own living room. We have to start every day at the same time. Um, you know, you got Zoom calls. It's it's oh. And it's tough on the kids. I mean, we, we might lose our patience, but we try to step back and understand that they've completely been taken out of their environment, you know, and, and we're not all teachers and you know, we all want to be perfect. And I try to tell my wife, you're doing the best you can. Don't worry. You're not, you know, we're, this is all kind of, everybody's in the same situation, but I'm going to, I'm not going to lie. And it is, it's is probably the most difficult thing that we've had to do as a family up to this point. But thank God, she's so detailed and organized. Um, that it's, it's, uh, we're getting there. We're doing okay. And we've gotten kind of into a routine now. I think the first week and a half was very difficult. Mm-hmm. Now we're kind of into the routine. And, uh, obviously this is the way it's going to be for the next, you know, month or so of school. So we just got to do the best we can. And, you know, if our kids, uh, take a step back in the grade level, well, we'll take a look at that. We'll <laughs> make sure we, uh, but, no, but, uh, uh, you know, it's definitely challenging. Um, but knowing, you know, we talk to our friends and families and everybody's in the yeah. same boat. We're trying to, just, trying to just hold on, man, hold on. But it's uh, I talked to one one of my friends, and this is funny. He's like, well, within the first week, I had one child suspended from school and the other was expelled. I was like, oh, perfect. <laughs> I was dying. I thought it was hilarious. But I think it comes back to what we got to do with our guys currently. Mm-hmm. They're all in a the situation there at home, and we've just been continuing to talk about a routine of greatness, man. Try to keep your schedule as much as you possibly can. Keep it as normal as you can. You know, get up every day at the same time. Have a routine in the morning that kind of keeps you engaged and have some structure. um, And do the best you can during this difficult time. And we've implemented that in our own household.
1: Yeah, that's easier said than done, too. I know when you have time, if you can wake up at 9 as opposed to 8 o'clock because you know you have time later in the day, there's nothing to get up. for. It's hard. It's hard to do
0: It's really hard. It is really hard. So, you know, I Coach Chambers, I mean, the guy's so driven and such a – he's got such a tremendous work ethic that, you know, our staff, we have seen – you know, we have to get up because we have staff meetings every – Zoom meeting, almost every single day at a specific time. So, you know, and with a five-month-old, honestly, you're not sleeping past 6.30 anyway. So, <laughs> you're like, okay, now I've been up. I got my coffee. I got to figure something out here. I'm going to get stir-crazy. But so. –
1: I was going to say with four kids, you're not sleeping in, Uh, but the last thing before I let you go. And I think to really put a bow on it, when you get those guys back on the court, now it's to take what you built this year and keep that moving forward. All of a sudden it doesn't peak. This is just where you're still continuing that climb and taking that next step because there's, yeah, you lost some really integral parts to a great basketball team this year and a team that was going to achieve a heck of a lot in the postseason but the foundation of the program is now where this becomes somewhat of an expectation for them. And to have MJ and Seth, I can just go through the whole list, the whole roster of the guys that were contributors. There's now a progression that's expected again next year. And I think there's some optimism around the program. I know from within the program, especially.
0: Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, honestly, we think there's, there's no looking back. We're so excited about our program and about our current roster and the guys. I mean, They have been absolutely tremendous. And again, I mentioned earlier, when you have senior leadership and juniors and upperclassmen, guys that have been through the the rigors of a Big Ten season an entire, entire year and, you know, they've been through two years of it, strength and conditioning, they understand what it takes. It makes life so much easier on the coaches. I mean, these guys are already, from the moment, from a week after everything happened, they're already on to next year. They're so excited. They feel like they got cheated, and now they got something else to prove. I mean, we're going to have a very old team and we're going to have a very experienced team again, and a lot of talent coming back and guys that have now seen what it takes to win. They have won, they expected to win and they continue to expect to be at a high level. Um, and they're working like that. Their communication level on a daily basis is absolutely tremendous. They're working as hard, if not harder than any off season that we've been through, despite not being on campus. And, uh, there is so much to look forward to. We cannot wait to get back on the court. These guys have all tried to come back in some respect and just try to get into the gym. They're, they're that excited. They're that hungry. Um, and we find it fascinating that people are, are continuing to hold us as an underdog, and, and rightfully so. You know, if you look at the it just is the past. But personally, we feel like we have um, something special in the making, and we're going to be sustained and in, in, in consistently – in the top half of the Big Ten and fighting for Big Ten championships, and uh, you know we're, we're I can't I can't tell you how excited we are to get back to work. Um, we got a lot of guys who played a lot of minutes in the Big Ten, and uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. We're very excited, and and no disrespect to Lamar or Mike, but if you look at our season this year, and I talked to you about it, and the non-conference, darn conference, there were tons, there were several, maybe the majority of the games, specifically in the Big Ten that, you know, Lamar and Mike were in foul trouble, Lamar specifically, and we either held leads or extended leads with Lamar on the bench, um, so, you know, that speaks to the depth and the level of talent that we now have that we haven't had in the past, you know, and I think, I think Matt Painter said it really well after we won it at Purdue, you know, it used to be one through five. You know, very tough and physical at Penn State, but once you got to their bench, you felt like you could then extend and really take control of the game. He's like, that's not the case anymore. And we feel that way. I mean, we have a deep roster with a hell of a lot of talent, and now the competition every day is if you don't come ready to go, someone's going to take the spot, and now you got something special.
1: Coach, thanks so much for doing this. Send my best to Coach Chambers as well and hope you and your family stay safe and healthy throughout all of this. Thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it.
0: Hey, thanks so much, Brian. And to everybody out there, again, thank you to all the healthcare workers uh, and the people on the front lines, of the Penn State community. Thank you so much for an incredible year. Uh, but no, this is just the beginning. So thanks again, Brian. I love having, love being a part of the show.
1: Penn State Men's Basketball Associate Head Coach Keith Ergo, our guest this week on Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. What an awesome story, not only the success of the basketball program on the court, but off the court, and the impact that it has had on his family, his daughter Sammy, and what an awesome journey it's been for the Penn State Men's Basketball team and only... Brighter things to come in the future as well thanks for tuning in this week to let's go state the official podcast of penn state athletics
0: let's go state the official podcast of penn state athletics